This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. Ministering is the servant of God, a pastor in the house, Pastor Rotimi Uluagbohun. Remain blessed as you listen. Everyone sitting at the back, forward, 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 forward ever, backward never. Hmm? Oh yeah, let's move forward please. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Father, we thank you. We give you praise for you are God and there is no other. Thank you for the opportunity and the privilege we have to be called your children, to have you as our Father. Thank you for your spirit that you have given to us. Thank you for the knowledge of your will that you daily constantly reveal to us. Our hearts are open this morning. And we receive grace even to grow in understanding and in wisdom that we might know you more and might come to the fullness of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for your peace that is in our hearts to receive your word. Thank you for the word that is coming this morning. Our hearts are open. They are ready fields. They are ready soils. As you sow your word, Lord, we ask that they fall on good soils and will receive a hundredfold. Glorify yourself, Father. Spirit of God, glorify the Father. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Good morning, church. We are welcome to the, by the grace of God, uh, last session of this particular study we've been looking at um, understanding the local church who can remind us the topic we've been considering hello hello okay i said who can remind us the topic we've been considering if you want to speak, let me see your hand. Oh, Sister Emanuela, okay, answer us. Is that the topic? You are not confident. <laughs> I shook you a bit, right? Okay the universal church and what did we look at last week what did we learn two persons quickly 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 i can call anyone whether you are here or not because i expect you to have looked at it online or listened to it online hmm? Berian church amen? amen all right so two persons quickly 
what did we learn last week? Brother Victor, you are the closest in proximity to me. All right? You are closer than Pastor Fumi. Hmm? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, answer the question. What did you learn last week? We can't hear you. Family. Ah, interesting. So what did we learn about family? <laughs> well, he said family, so let's, let's hear him out. Let's hear him out. You know, there is what we call secondary illumination, Right? And possibly tertiary illumination. (laughs) All right, so give us your illumination. Please, the second mic, so that everybody can hear him. He seems to be having a calm voice this morning. (laughs) Brother Victor. Brother Victor, eh? what did you learn? Okay, I learned about the Universal Church, the uh-huh. and the book. open book assignment. Oh, yeah, carry the book, carry the book. Pastor Fumi has begged for you, so let me submit to authority. Eh? All right, go on. I learned about the principles of Universal Church. The principles, okay. Okay, let's hear that. Let's hear that. Go on. You said you learned about the principles. Okay. Rob Victor, it is well. Eh? <laughs> we, we have not gotten to the principles yet. <laughs> We will get there. <laughs> Praise God. All right. Um, brother Doctor. Sir, Brother Doctor. Uh, before you go for your class. Oh, yeah, now. Did you listen to the School of the World online? Because I know you were not here. Uh, Okay, please, let's, let's, you can go. Let's endeavor to listen to the school of the world, the messages that we put online, because they are important for our, our growth, right? What you will hear uh, physically, even when you are here, it's not everything you grab. It's not everything you get, right? So if you go online, you, I mean, either you download or you just play online, you get more things from the message, from... Uh, the School of the World Sessions, and any other meeting that we have. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Sister Titi, oh yeah, help us out. Quickly, what did you learn? Good morning, everyone. Good morning, ma'am. I, I think I came in a bit late, um, but <laughs> um, from what we learned, Last week, I, okay. I'll do a little recap. I think we were talking about um, the church being yes. the, the bride of Christ. Yes. And we liken it onto how, how marriage can be, where the man is meant to love his 
wife, and the wife is also supposed to submit to her husband. Mm-hmm. So, as the bride of, of Christ, which is the church, we are, we are to submit in all things. Go on. Okay, that's, yeah, okay. that's just what all right. was it. Good. Give it to the person behind you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, what I learned was the yeah from just like what she said um, about the scripture because we actually emphasized on that scripture more of um, um, husband loving their wives, wives submitting to their husband. What scripture? Ephesians five. Good. Go on. So, um, then we actually uh, we we now delved into questions. Which promised <laughs> this Sunday they are going to do some things. But what really stood out for me was the the fact that Bible stated it that wife uh, um, husband love your wife and um, and wife submit to your husband as Christ loves the church. That's for the man. So the the the, the connection there was what actually stood out for me. Okay, so how did it stand out for you? Because I know we said we were going to deal with some things, but um, go on. How did this stand, it stand out for you? So we know where we are with that. You said it stood out for you, the connection. What connection? The emphasis that, um, on what the Bible, what the Bible actually... Uh, okay, the description descriptions, yes. or analogy of using the marriage to compare the, the relationship the analogy, of Christ yes, and the church. Both, yes. All right. Thank you. All right, so you reminded me of something. Yes, we said we were going to look at some questions that were raised or discussions that were raised. And um, interestingly, there were some, uh, would I say, comments that some of these questions could take 30 minutes and all of that to deal with. But at the risk of not completing our study today, we have couples meeting, right? So the, deal with some things, right? There, but but I'll, as much as possible, run through what we have today, and then go back to that section because I said I personally said that I was going to deal with some aspects of what we looked at as it regards um, one uh, letter F, letter G. And then let uh, J, praise the Lord. So we would, as much as possible, try to get back to that. Amen? Hopefully to deal with some of the things that you raised. But then uh, we have the couples meeting. I know singles, you won't be there. Uh, We we had our session last week, so um, we'll continue to talk. Praise the Lord. The Lord will give us opportunities to deal with issues that everyone has in his heart or our heart so that understanding and fortification, praise the Lord, can come. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's look at, let, sorry, Roman figure five. Roman figure five. Some principles or some principal qualities of the universal church. Some principal qualities of the universal church. Please let everybody pay attention. Pay attention. Media desk as well, please. Let's focus. Is there anyone outside? We are about to start the main uh, aspect of today's study. A, the church will be unified. 
the church will be unified. The church will be unified. And here what we're saying is there will be unity. However, unity is not uniformity. Amen? When we say uniformity, what do we mean? Or when we say unity is not uniformity, what are we talking about? Can anybody answer? Brobio, please, can you give us an insight into that? When unity is not uniformity. Oh, you want to answer? <laughs> Violetta is raising her hand. All right, go on. Brobio, I, okay. I asked that you answer. Thank you. All right. Um, Unless you want to decline. <laughs> Let me try. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, uniformity um, can mean... Okay, let me just give an, another, an, um, an instance. Probably you are wearing the same clothes. Probably you are of the same height. So you can say those ones are uniform. Like you, can, um, you can describe them as the same. They are doing the same thing. So you can say they are uniform. Now, talking about unity means that you are one. Like you, you conform to a, a particular ideology. Like all of you believe in a particular um, reasoning or a system, and all of you are working towards that direction. So, so you can say you have um, unity in that sense. Like you are, you are one. Let me just use that word. You are one in terms of your thinking, in terms of your ideology, and everything. Okay. But uniformity means that you, you are just uh, the same in the sense that you are, you are like of the same height. You are wearing the same things or things like that. Okay, you tried. Who wants to help, Sister Mary? Okay, so the word unity um, is more of the mind, having one mind. Okay. Yes, but uniformity is more of the physical appearance. For it's just, it's just like when you are describing equality and um, um, equity. Yes. So, for example, like you said, when people who are uniform, let's say the choir. They wear the same thing. They might wear the same thing, but they don't have unity. They might look uniform, but they, don't, they might not have unity because they don't have one mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me take it spiritually. They don't have the same... Their spirit is not one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, that's so. But being uniform is quite different from having... Um, from being united. Being uniform is different from being united. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, so basically, we are looking at the church here. So uh, in the context of what we have been talking about, right? We said the body of, sorry, the, the church is the spiritual body, right? It's a spiritual body and it's the body of Christ, right? And when we are looking at a body, a body is formed or rather is consisted of uh, how many parts? Many parts. So it's not just one part, right? Right. Uh, it, it, it gets, or rather, it helps us to understand that, okay, you have different parts of the body. It is one body, right? Yes. It is united in the fact that they have decided to stay together. Paul was trying to describe this, and he said that the eye cannot say to the leg, because I am not the leg, I am going to bolt out of this body. I'm going to jackpot in, in that, using that balance, out of this body, Right? I am not going to be a part of the body again. And the entire body cannot be the eye. Praise the Lord. Or what, because if the entire body is the eye, what will the, or rather, how will the body 
be able to eat or hear or think or, I mean, walk or move or carry things. Praise the Lord. So, different parts of the body coming together, right, to form one, all having different functions. They are not uniform. They are united. Praise the Lord. So, this is what it means that the church will be unified. The church will be unified. Remember, Jesus said, I will build. It's still, as we read it today, um, is building. We know at the time he said it, he said, I will build. The church had not been formed then. And at the time when the Holy Spirit came, at the day of Pentecost, we believe the church started. Praise the Lord. The church did what? Started. And from then on, the building of the church commenced. And he is still building his church. Praise the Lord. So letter A, the church will be unified. Uh, Number one, the church has a unity with diversity. Ephesians 4, 4 to 7. Uh, Media, you would help me with that. If you are not ready, let me read from here. Ephesians 4, 4 to 7. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope. Amen? For the future, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father who is over all and in all and living through all. However, verse 7, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Praise the Lord. So every one of us are uniquely gifted. Say, I am uniquely gifted. I am uniquely gifted through the generosity of Christ. Amen. So that makes us different. However, we are united. Amen. So it says there is diversity. There is various people with various um, gifts and callings and all of that, or assignments. And all of us are working towards one goal. Robio said something. He said something that we are, okay, Sister Mary said one mind. Yes, Robio talked about um, um, they are working towards something. There is one goal. There is one objective. Right? Praise the Lord. And that objective is the objective of the Father. What is in the heart of the Father part time. Amen? What is in the heart of the Father part time. Amen? So we are serving his agenda. Amen? Remember we said last week that the church is the agency, or two weeks ago rather, that the church is the agency uh, uh, of Christ or of God's eternal purpose. Amen. Amen. So, uh, A, it is one body with many parts or mem- many members rather. It is one body with many members. You can write 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 12. We will read some of these passages I uh, provided uh, scriptures rather for each one of these because you don't have any here. It's one body with many members. B, it is one temple with many stones. First Peter 2, 4 to 5. It is one temple with many stones. First Peter 2, 1, sorry, 4 to 5. Let us see. It is one flock with many sheep. John 10, 11 to 16. It is one flock with many sheep. 
John 10, 11 to 16. Letter D, it is one holy nation with many citizens. It is one holy nation with many citizens. Hmm. Okay. One holy nation with many citizens. Letter E. Okay, I've not given you scriptures for that. First Peter 2 9 and Ephesians 2 19. Letter E. It is one vine with many branches. It is one vine with many branches. Quite a few people are looking at me. Oh, sorry, not, not a few actually. Quite a lot of people are looking at me. You don't have your manuals. Uh, please, please, and please. Write it in your book. Hmm? Letter F. It is one family with many brothers and sisters. It is one family with many brothers and sisters. Amen. So all of these are describing the diversity of the church. You have many members. You have many sheep, one flock. You have many, uh, many stones, yes. One temple. You have many branches, one vine. Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. He mentioned it specifically. He didn't say, I am the vine and you are the branch. Praise the Lord. Remember we talked about uh, Matthew 16. Uh, we're looking at 18 to 19. Where he mentioned that I will build my church. He didn't say, I will build my churches. So we can see the mentality of Christ in describing what he is describing or what he's trying to build or what he's going to build or building right now. He said, I will build my church. Then he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Meaning there are several branches in the church. We can say if A plus B is C, then C plus B should be or not, not necessarily, right? C minus B, rather, should be A. Right? Mathematical equation. Amen? So, we are the branches. Each of us is a branch. Together, we are the church. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, Jesus was trying to describe to us what he is intending to do. And using the vine as an example, it's a tree, right? It produces grapefruit, right? And that grapefruit is used for making wine, right? And can be eaten raw. Praise the Lord. Good. Now, you look at a tree, you know a tree cannot just have one branch, right? But why not say, okay, if it's having several branches, why not say, oh, trees? No. Because the branch is not the tree. The branch is only part of the tree. He calls himself the entire vine, the entire tree. And says we are part of him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Number two, the church will experience two kinds of unity. The church will experience two kinds of unity. Okay, for letter F, uh, brothers and sisters, Hebrews ten nineteen. The TPT translation. Can you bring that up, please? Let's quickly read that. I said we would read some. Let's read that one. Hebrews 10, 19. In the TPT translation. Quickly, please. 
Hebrews 10 verse 19. And now we are brothers and sisters in where? Thank you, ma. She's the only student in class. Clap for her. You know, you know when you are in class and you have some sharp students, before you say, hey, they've known the answer. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, so we are brothers and sisters in where? God's family. Because of the blood of Jesus. And he welcomes us to come right into the most holy sanctuary in the heavenly realm, boldly with, with, and with no hesitation. Praise the Lord. Sorry, I didn't ask for verse 20. Thank you. Just verse 19. God bless you. So, just to emphasize that aspect, we are brothers and sisters in God's family. Amen. So, it is one family with many brothers and sisters. Number two, like I said, the church will experience two kinds of unity. So, there are two kinds of unity. And it's still going back to the epistle of the church, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3. The first one is the unity of the, of the spirit, rather. The unity of the spirit. The unity of the spirit. Reading it from here, it says, Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. Binding yourselves together with peace. Why? Why? Can anyone have, uh, give an answer to that? Why do we have to keep ourselves united in the spirit? You know, we have this common parlance. Somebody said something and you wanted to say that and say, ah, you are in the spirit. What spirit? Praise the Lord. And there was silence in the hall. Bro, Victor, though you are carrying the camera, you shall answer this one. Why are we laughing now? Eh? Okay, I'm noting those who are laughing. You answer my questions. Bro, Victor, please, give him the mic. Give him the mic. When we say united in the spirit, what do we mean? We are together in the spirit. It's correct. We are together in the spirit. What spirit? Spirit of God. The spirit of God. So describe what that sentence means. Describe it, yes. Okay, the Spirit of God is... I'm not saying the Spirit of God. I'm saying we are together. You said we are together in the Spirit, have you? So what does it mean? Okay, we are dwelling together in the Spirit. You are saying the same thing. We are dwelling together. Yes, we are dwelling together. Why or how are we dwelling together in the Spirit? Who wants to help him? Sister Evelyn, oh yeah? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, for me, it means that we are aligning our will. We are aligning ourselves to the will and purpose of God. Thank you very much. You see, we need to know these things. We are not just having to go through this manual for the sake of, okay, we want the school of the world. Some things are written there. Let's just read it out and talk. They are to help you in fashioning your mind 
on how you are responding to the things of God and to the things of the world. Because at the end of the day, how you respond determines your growth or whether you are stagnant or retrogressing. Praise the Lord. And it also determines how you respond to your assignment. Praise the Lord. Because there are people who will tell you, ah, I'm a gift to the body of Christ. Uh-huh. Are you part of a local assembly? They say, ah, no, 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 I, I'm not, I don't belong to any church. I'm a gift to the body of Christ. We've heard that quite often. But that's sad. That person does not actually understand what it means. The Holy Spirit is actually the gift that the Father promised us. Right? That person speaking is not the Holy Spirit. You are only a part of the body. And you have your assignment and it is trickled down to a particular local assembly. Functioning there is where you need to find out or rather uh, find the local assembly you are supposed to function and function there. Praise the Lord. With time, your uh, expression might go beyond that local assembly but you will still be part of that local assembly. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So we are united or the unity of the spirit talks about how we all align. Just like uh, Sister Evelyn said, we are aligned to the Holy Spirit's instructions, his conversations, his uh, guidance, his leadership in our lives. And the spirit is one. Amen. So whatever we do as a body, whatever we say, we are guided by the spirit of God from of course the foundation of the word of god because he is the one that inspired this word praise the lord praise the lord let's run um okay letter b the unity of the faith verse 4 uh, verse 13 of the same chapter ephesians 4 the unity of the faith this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. It's so interesting to know that faith, the unity of the faith is separated from the unity of the Spirit in the sense that in the unity of the faith, we are still growing. Praise the Lord. When I say growing, it says here, it said, we will come, that is, there is a coming. There is an approaching, a becoming. In the unity of the faith, or in our faith, rather, and the knowledge of God's Son. We are growing in the unity of our faith and the knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord. We don't need to grow in the Holy Spirit. No. The Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. And once it's given to you, it is given to you. Now, how you interact with him now depends or determines the expression that you would have. Praise the Lord. Do we get that? Or do we have questions? If you have a question, can I see your hand, please? To understand this, it, we need to understand this. There are, there are two different things. The unity of the spirit, the unity of the faith. No hands are raised. Good. So I will ask my own question later. Alright, so we talked about um, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith. 
What will continue? We go to verse 12. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build the church, the body of Christ. That's talking about the uh, apostles, the prophets, the pastors, the teachers, and the what? Evangelists. That office or that expression of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. That expression of Jesus Christ. He said in verse 12 or 11 that these are the gifts Christ gave to the church the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Amen. Amen. Let's move on. Number three, the church will come or become one as it follows after Christ. The church will become one as it follows after Christ, the head. The church will become one as it follows after Christ, the head. It says in that same verse of uh, Ephesians 4, that measuring up, that's the last part, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Measuring up to the full. Media, please, can you leave the uh, passages on the screen? So that everyone can follow. Thank you. Ephesians 4, 13. Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Here it says, no, go to New King James. Just leave it at New King James. Leave it at New King James. All right. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Praise the Lord. So God's desire is that the church become one. We are not... Yes, we are diverse in our expressions, right? We are the church, right? But then, who are we becoming like? Are we becoming individualistic in our expressions? Are we coming to the fullness of our own expressions? Or we are coming to the fullness of the... When we say coming to the fullness of Christ and coming to, our, uh, to the fullness of our own expressions, can somebody try to explain what that means? Coming to the fullness of Christ versus coming to the fullness of our own expressions. Remember, we say we are diverse. Amen? Amen. Do you understand what I said? So, if you do understand, can you please explain? Sister Aisha, you are shaking your head. It seems the revelation is coming from this direction. All right. So, give us what you understand by that. Because we need to get this clearly. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. Hallelujah. Coming into the fullness of Christ means becoming like Christ. Okay. Then coming into the fullness of our own expressions, it means those um, particular giftings and callings that the Lord has put for you in you that should manifest through you. You are able to manifest it fully as the Lord has intended it to manifest through you. Praise the Lord. So as each of us come to the fullness of our own expressions, each of us, like I said, we are part of one body, right? Then the church is actually becoming closer and closer to the image and the stature of Christ. Praise the Lord. So in this house, if some are coming to the fullness, some are not, then we are not yet there as a church. No one single person can claim to be the church. 
on his own. You are the entire church. No. So that is why there is the work that is needed for everyone to submit themselves to the need of growth. You have a question? Everyone submits themselves to what? The need for, of growth, rather. The need of growth. So that we are growing together. And as we grow together, we are getting there closer and closer to the full expression of this house. Remember, I said the church is, I mean, you have, as you have individualistic expressions, a Metamorphosis Christian Center has its own expression as a local assembly. Amen? Redeemed Christian Church of God have their own expression as a local assembly. Every other local assembly have their own expression. And every one of us must work towards, with the help of the Holy Spirit, the becoming or coming together, sorry, of the church, such that our fullness as by expressions as a church is contributing to the fullness that the church is getting to of Christ. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, let's go on. Letter B. The church will be glorious. Remember we said, first of all, A, the church will be unified. The next is, the church will be glorious. And what does it mean to be glorious? Number one, the church will be holy unto the Lord. The church will be holy unto the Lord. When we are talking about the glory of God, when we are talking about being glorious, we are not talking about just the beauty. In fact, the main crux of God's glory is his holiness. Amen? The main what? Crux of God's glory is his holiness. He said, be holy as your heavenly father is holy. What is just saying? Be glorious. Reflect me. Show me. For you to say you are glorious, that is you are reflecting the glory of God. We are not talking about physical, ephemeral things that will die. We are talking about the holiness of God. The purity. Amen. 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 Ephesians 5, 23 to 32 talks about this. A. Nowhere in the New Testament do we read of a defeated, failing, battered bride. The only descriptive words are glorious and holy. Glorious and what? Holy. Holy. In verse 23, it says, For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body. In other words, he is the one that has saved us, his body. Amen? 24 says, As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. As the church what constantly submits to Christ, so you wives must constantly submit to your husbands in everything. There is no contention. Praise the Lord. There is no what? Contention. For husbands, this means love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church, he gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean. How did God, our Christ, do this? He came to die. Praise the Lord. He came to do what? To die. He made a sacrifice. He gave himself, rather. He made a sacrifice, a very costly sacrifice. 
During the Easter service uh, message, our senior pastor was trying to help us to understand that if Christ has not risen from the dead, all that he had done, yes, coming to the world as a baby, we celebrate Christmas and all of that in quote, and he went through all that he went through, the miracles, signs and wonders while he was here, 33 uh, years and a half, and then he went to the cross, all the sufferings that he had to go through. Eventually, what happened? He died on the cross, right? He died. He fulfilled that part. It was now left for God to fulfill the rising part. Praise the Lord. So, if he died and he didn't come back to life, our would you call it, hope would have been dashed. We wouldn't have been able to say, ah, this is real. The reality of the power of God is real. Real is real. At best, people would have, of course, um, uh, made Jesus like a monument or a, 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 a one of the gods, or, and then we have in quote Christianity as one of the religions, like the other religions. But Christianity is not a religion in that sense. It is the expression of God through Christ on earth, and is intent to bring man back to himself from the fall that occurred in the Garden of Eden. And the separation that that cost. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, Jesus continued on to say, uh, sorry, continued on with this, uh, Apostle Paul was speaking, said, Jesus did this, okay, no, let me read uh, verse 26, to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. So the husband is meant to do the same thing. How do you do that for your wife? That is a good question to answer. How do you teach her? Do you study the word together or do you, do you have conversations, devotions around the word? How is your word level as the husband? Because this is what God said you should do. You should what? Wash and cleanse by God's word. That is the wife. Because he wants a glorious church. Meaning you also should want a glorious wife. And to be a glorious wife, you have to be a glorious husband. Praise the Lord. The understanding of God's word must be well-grounded. In you, such that you can also teach your wife. These aspects of marriage are the main, the main thing. Because just living together, having children, working, having properties, and all of that, and all of that, is not all that marriage is all about. It's part of it. Is not all. The main thing is actually our growing together to become like Christ. Praise the Lord. And the man has a huge role in this. 
Because Jesus used as the head, and we as men as the head, described by um, Apostle Paul here, helps us to understand what our job is, our job description. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So instead, she will be holy and without fault. So God didn't expect to receive a defeated, failing, battered bride. The only word used to describe the woman or the bride is glorious and holy. Letter B. The church may be called holy for various reasons. The following are among the most important of this. The church is holy because it is, sorry, it belongs to a holy God. It belongs to who? A holy God. And everything that is so closely related to God is holy. Everything. God typified this for us when we were talking about the tabernacle that Moses built or that God told him to build in the wilderness. Everything was made through God's specification. So the holiness of God is a particular standard. Amen? Praise the Lord. The holiness of God is what? A particular standard. If you fall short of that standard, then you need to work to bring it up by the help of the Holy Spirit to the standard of God. We can't do it by our own power. We can't do it by ourselves. It is the Holy Spirit that helps us to get there. However, we have to do the work of submission to the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. So these are the aspects that we as the church have. And that's why the Bible says here in Ephesians 4 that the wife must submit to her own husband, right? Why? Because the husband is taxed with the responsibility of bringing her up in the spirit with respect to teaching her or wash her, I mean, working with her on the word. Because Jesus is working on the church by the word of God. I'm trying to change our theology, or is it theology now, or understanding about how the husband and wife should be living. And the understanding that as a woman, well, it, it, it begins to beg the question, should a woman be more knowledgeable spiritually than her husband before you get married? Should that be a criteria? Hmm? Answer for another day. Praise the Lord. But we can see here, it is clearly written, the man has the responsibility to work with his wife, to bring her up to speed, to make her a glorious and a holy bride. Just as Christ is working with the church. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. First Peter 2 verse 9 gives us more insight into this. You are a holy nation, a royal priesthood. We know the verse, right? Let's move on. The church is holy because it is separated from the world. Second Corinthians 6 verse 17. Let's read that. Second Corinthians 6 verse 17 rather. It says, Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. 
When we're talking about do not touch what is unclean, don't fellowship with evil. Don't fellowship with wickedness. Psalm 1 verse 1 talks about a man who, do not, who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, does not stand in the way of sinners, does not sit, sit in the seat of the scornful. Why? Because those things, they contaminate what God is trying to do in his life to make him someone usable or available for use by God. Praise the Lord. We have said that the church is the agency of Christ for the kingdom of God uh, being established here on earth, right? So if he is being contaminated, then that agency is corrupted. The use that God would have had of that particular church or assembly has become corrupted. Amen? So he said, come out of them. Be separate. Be separate. Praise the Lord. Number three, the church is holy because it is consecrated to God. The church is holy because it is consecrated to God. Romans 12 verse 1. Romans 12 verse 1. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you do what? Present yourself. When you say you are consecrating someone or something to God or to some other thing, what are you saying? Anybody? You are narrowing, thank you, ma. You are narrowing its use. You are saying for the rest of this relationship, this thing or me, in the case of Romans 12, 1, right? I am consecrating myself, Lord, for your use for the rest of my life. Meaning, that thing will not be used for any other thing. Praise the Lord. Will not be what? Used for any other thing. We talked about, using this verse of the scripture, we talked about um, how those who do some, what do you call it, um, Okay, let, let's leave that analogy. Let's go on so that we don't spend too much time. Um, number four, Roman figure four. The church is holy because it is cleansed from sin. It is cleansed from sin. First Corinthians chapter five verse seven. If any man is in Christ, is what? A new creature. All things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. So it is cleansed from sin. It doesn't fellowship with sin anymore. There is no relationship with sin. Amen. Amen. Romans figure 5. The church is holy because she is to marry Christ. She is to what? Marry Christ. For some of us, we are still wondering, when we talk about the church, marrying Christ, what are we talking about? If you have that question, can I see your hand? You are still trying to wrap your head around church, marry Christ. I mean, praise the Lord. Amen. Okay, so since we all have that understanding and it's clear, men enjoy being men right now. For in the distant future, you shall be a bride. Okay, we are hearing laughters. 
I thought you said you understood. So men, raise your hand if you are a man. Some people are not. Raise your hand if you are a man. Raise it high, above your head. Above your head, please. Uh-huh. So like I said, enjoy being a man now. For you shall be a bride when Christ returns. Praise the Lord. That understanding will come to us when it comes. Mm? Amen. Alright, so that's 2 Corinthians 6.14. Let's go to see. The members of the church are called saints or holy ones. The members of the church are called saints or holy ones. Philippians 1 verse 1. It says, this letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. I am writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ, including the church leaders and deacons. So, holy ones. We are all called holy ones or saints. So when we say we have come to Mount Zion and on and on, and we talk about the garden of the saints, saints are actually referred to as those who believe in Christ, whether they are dead or alive. Praise the Lord. So whenever the church gathers, if God gives you the opportunity to peek into the spirit, you will see that we are much more than the number you are seeing right now. Amen? There is a fellowship in the spirit going on right now. Angels are here. The Father is here. Jesus is here. The Spirit of God is here. And there are those saints that they have allowed to come into this meeting to fellowship with us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, number two. The church is to date, or the, the church to date, rather, has never been the glorious and perfect body that Christ desires yet. It has been, at times, a very poor example of what the grace of God can produce. But God will have a church that will be a powerful instrument in his hands. His word has declared it. We are not going to go on talking about this because we know where we are globally. That is the global church and the various bickerings and contentions and all of that. But God will yet have a glorious church. He has declared it and it will be so in Jesus' name. Let us see. The church will be victorious. The church will be victorious. Number one, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Matthew 16, 18 to 19. We've said that. Jesus said that he will build his church and the gates of hell or Hades shall not prevail against it. Letter A, the church cannot be overcome by Satan's wisdom or power. The church cannot what? Be overcome by Satan's wisdom or power. So as a member of God's body, of Christ's body rather, you cannot be overcome by Satan's wisdom or power. Tell yourself, I cannot be overcome. I cannot be overcome. Let's say confidently, I cannot be overcome by Satan's wisdom or power. That suggests to us that Satan has power. Duh. Do you hear me? So, but we cannot be overcome by his power. Why? Because the greater one lives inside of us. 
Praise the Lord. Letter B says the church will march against Satan's gates and be victorious. The church will march against Satan's gates and be victorious. Remember when we were talking, started this um, study, this particular topic, the universal church, and we read this particular passage of the scripture, Matthew 16, 18 to 19. I mentioned that the church, the church's onslaught, when you talk about the church's onslaught, we are talking about the attack of the church. Yes, we are attacking the gates of hell and pushing the frontiers backwards and reclaiming what was lost. Praise the Lord. Number two, the keys of the kingdom are entrusted to it. The keys of the kingdom are entrusted to it. Just give me a few minutes, we'll be done now. Matthew 18, we've read Matthew 16, 18 to 19, but let's quickly read 18, 15 to 20. I'll read that very, very, very briefly. Matthew 18. 16 to or 15 to 20 rather. If another believer sins against you, go privately. Okay? Go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. If the person still refuses to listen, take your case to the church. Then if he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. I tell you the truth. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. I also tell you this. If two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. Remember when we're reading... Uh, Matthew 16, 18 to 19, and you were talking about the keys of, he said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind here on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose here on earth will be loosed in heaven. So he bringing this up uh, in Matthew 18 helps us to understand this, that the unity of the faith, the unity of the spirit is important to getting whatever you bind here on earth to be bound in heaven. And whatever you, you can, we can be together and your spirits are not united. There might be bickering. And that is why he's talking about offense as a major, major part of the disintegration of the church or any relationship at all. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So once offense is taken care of, once forgiveness is settled or as been successful. Look at what he says here. He said, but, um, but if you are unsuccessful, meaning when the first believer goes to the other believer and says, you have offended me. Okay, forgive me. I'm sorry. That means you are successful. Then you cannot come together and agree on anything. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can agree on what? Anything. And whatever you say, Goes because you are saying it with a unity that cannot be faulted by the enemy. Praise the Lord. There is a law of unity. Amen. There is a law of what? Unity that the heaven, heavens rather, obey. Once there is, and that is particularly true for marriages as well. 
between husbands and wives. The law of unity and agreement. If it is not well entrenched, if it does not stay together, that is if it's not holding water, if you are not one, then the things that God will expect to be seen in your family or in your life or what he expects you to be doing cannot begin to materialize. It cannot begin to come to life. Why? Because there is a disagreement. There is, an un- there is a, a connection that has been broken. Not just between the two of you, but between you and God. Remember, the Bible says that, man, go and settle with your wife so that your prayers can be answered. Meaning, your settlement with your wife or your spouse will make your prayers to be answered or not answered. The situation with that will make it to be answered or not answered. In other words, if you are unsettled with your wife, you can pray from now to tomorrow. God will not answer your prayer. It is not a cause. It is what the Bible says. So we must see this as an important part of our relationships. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Number three, the power to bind and lose will be in the hands of the church. We've talked about this. Number four, the last one, the church will be instrumental in dealing the death blow. In dealing the death blow to Satan. The church will be instrumental to dealing the death blow to Satan. Book of Romans chapter 16 verse 20 says, And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's bow down our heads. I don't know what you have gained today, but I believe the Holy Spirit has opened your eyes to quite a number of things as it relates to your relationship with Him, and then as for those who are married, or even for singles, what marriage is all about in relation to the relationship between Christ and the church. Let's pray that the Holy Spirit will help us to yield to the complete counsel of God's will. All the things that we need to begin to shed off. The mindsets, the notions, the opinions, those things that are contending with the knowledge of Christ or the knowledge of the Father in us. Let's pray and yield it to the Holy Spirit right now to deal with. Holy Spirit, we yield our hearts to you. We yield our hearts to you as your church. And we pray for the church globally. That you will yet have that glorious church, Father. The church that you desire. We pray for all churches, or church assemblies rather, all over the world. That we will all yield to the work and to your manifold wisdom or for your manifold wisdom rather to be expressed through us to reveal your glory help us that our own part of the of the of the of the work we will not draw back we submit ourselves to you holy spirit complete your work in us help us on a daily basis 
on a daily basis to grow in knowledge, to grow in wisdom, to grow in the expressions of your spirit in us. Father, we give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. This message is brought to you by the Metamorphosis Christian Center, Abuja. We believe you were blessed as you listened. Join us for a Sunday service at Metamorphosis Christian Center, Stanford Dialysis Building, beside Africa International College, opposite Sun City, Kaura District, Abuja. You can link with us on Facebook and YouTube at Metamorphosis NG. Metamorphosis Christian Center, reaching, raising, releasing.